0: Podcast. I'm your host Gabby Hajdu. Joined with me Josh Peach today and then we also have a special guest Isaac Trotter. Isaac how's it going?
1: Good good to be back on. This is uh, number two appearance for me on the Daily Illini Sports Podcast so I'm super fired up. First time with Josh so this, this will be super fun.
0: <laughs> Josh how are you today?
1: Pretty good.
2: Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for coming, Isaac. Uh, If the people that are following The Boat Chronicles, I'm going back on there today. I'm gonna do some wakeboarding for the first time, so I got that in store, and hopefully next podcast you can hear some good stories about that.
0: Yeah, Josh has gone on the boat several times now. The first time, though, he was planning on going on the boat, Isaac, they got there, and what? It just, like, didn't start.
2: So it's actually the second time, but yeah, we made the hour 15 drive down we all got on the boat everything's ready there's about seven or eight of us yeah engine just died you know couldn't do anything i got some pretty good food out of it there's a nice restaurant right next door but
1: yeah no boat that day so i've been on a few times since and it's been a good i time. will say this though like having that happen to you isn't as bad as like going out into the water and then having it die and having to get the toe of shape you know what i mean so at yeah. least at least that didn't happen but yeah that doesn't sound but you're a wakeboarder do you ski at
2: all so I actually haven't wakeboarded yet. We're wakeboarding for the first time today, and I skied for the very first time a couple of days ago. And I got up the first time, which was pretty good, and I lasted for a few minutes. But when the big wake comes in, I haven't done super well with that. So it's a process.
1: Yeah, I love skiing. I love water skiing. I was not very good. I did not get up the first time, but like the second or third time, I finally got up, and now it's it's like it's like riding a bike. Once you do it like a couple times, you'll be totally good. But I haven't tried wakeboarding yet. Yeah, so I get to experiment with that today.
0: Yeah, fun. I've never water ski, never wakeboarded. I feel like I would actually not survive the trip, um, but it's okay. Water sports just aren't my thing. I'll stick to land sports only. Um, all right, well, we have a lot to talk about today, Big Ten-wise, football and basketball. We're going to start off with football. Earlier this week, the Big Ten released the revised 2020 schedule, and guess who kicks off the season September 3rd? Illinois and number two, Ohio State. Just really strong start for the Illini. Um, obviously, Ohio State ranked number two in the preseason coaches poll that just came out Thursday. I mean, this, ha- this is a brutal start, but – you have to like looking at it in a positive way. You just get the bad one out of the way first. You just get it out of the way. Be done with it. I mean, Josh. I guess you start us off. What are the odds Illinois pulls off the upset? Just very general odds. What are you thinking?
2: I mean, like we're gonna get into this later. I really like our offense. I'm pretty happy about about half or three fourths of our defense too. And we're at home. I think the no fans. I, you know. Illinois doesn't fill up Memorial Stadium too much anyways, but I think that the Dell no fans, especially in this case, hurts us quite a bit. If you want to talk odds, I mean Ohio State is awesome. Ryan Day's probably my favorite coach in the country, like north of Mississippi or something like that. And Justin Fields is my early husband uh winner along with Trevor Lawrence. So I don't think it's looking too good for Illinois. Obviously we haven't seen this team yet, but right now, if we're talking odds, I think that ninety percent Ohio State's gonna, you know, come away with this one.
1: No, I don't think that's wrong at all. I think um, I think this is one of those situations where, when I when I saw that, my first thought was, well, let's just bring it on. and Let's see what you got, because I think one thing I keep going back to is I feel like this roster and like the way that they've set up this entire Lovey Smith rebuild has kind of bent for this year. You have all these seniors, you have all these transfers that you've kind of brought in to, to, you know, come alongside this, this good group of seniors, this first recruiting class that you went into. So if you're never going to compete with the big boys in the big 10, or, or if you're going to, this would be your team that's going to do it. And, and if you can't do it this year, then you're never going to in the long run. So I, I look at this as a big opportunity. I would much rather play Ohio State in the first game than, like, a Western Illinois. I think we might learn a little bit more about this team if they compete with Ohio State for three quarters or, you know, it's a game in the fourth quarter. And I think this is an opportunity for, for Illinois to really make some noise. And if you think about it, the entire college football world, and honestly the entire planet, could kind of be looking at this this game. This is going to be the only game, maybe the first college football game of the entire season, and they're going to see if if this stuff can work. And I think that's really cool, and I think Illinois has an opportunity. Are they going to win? Probably not. But I think this is an opportunity, and I'd much rather have this and watch them beat Akron 49-15, 14. You know what I mean?
0: Well, yeah, I think starting off with potentially the best team in the country, you know, depending on who you talk to, I think it gives us a chance to see what what the potential of this team really is. Like you said, Isaac, this is the best team of Lovey's tenure so far. Um, Probably going to be the best team for the next couple years, depending on recruiting and everything like that. But this is a chance to see, okay, what Lovey is really made of as a coach. Can he compete with the highest level in the country? I mean, like we are all saying, chances are they're not going to win. But if they can keep it close for the majority or at least be competitive and not just get blown out at their home field, that's going to put a lot of confidence in these guys. Obviously, this team is going to say, yeah, we're coming out to win. Obviously, they're – Competitors are going to want to win. But, you know, deep down, I'm sure they have to know that they're about to compete with the best in the country and that it's probably not going to happen. But if they can just show some competitiveness and show that they won't give up down the stretch if things do get a little bad um, and they can stay in that game, I think it'll kind of just foreshadow the potential rest of the season. Um, and I think it might just give them that like kickstart right away. Like you said, they're not playing in Akron, a UConn, or whatever. And ISU, they're playing a really good team to start, so they better be ready September 3rd. Like, they've got, what, less than four weeks now? They need – these next three and a half weeks need to be top-of-the-line practices.
1: I mean, I could argue, too, like, even if they do get blown out, you can still show well in this. I mean, let's, we're also talking about an Ohio State team that last year, their margin of victory was 33 points. That's number one in the country. So, it's like – it feels like there are, like – some elite football teams in the country that, you know, the the Clemson's, the Ohio States, the Alabamas, the LSUs right now. They're going to get the best, like their quality of football team that they're putting out on the field, no matter if it's Illinois' best year or not, <laughs> is just so far superior than what the rest of the country is. It, it really feels marginalized in that way where all of the five-star recruits are going to those type of places. And so they might have guys opt out because of COVID. It doesn't matter because their second string defensive end's a five-star guy who picked them over Alabama and LSU and Wisconsin and all those things. So I I, I wouldn't be shocked if Illinois gets blown out in this game. It happens all the time. We're, this is what Ohio State does to teams. But at the same time, you're seniors. You have, you know, 15, 16 senior starters, and there's got to be some pride here, and you're returning the same offense, and you have the majority of the same defense. That, that's, that's, a, that's an opportunity for Illinois to really compete in this game.
2: And like you guys are saying, even if we do get blown out, we can see what we're made of, and that sets us up for a later game, like a game against Minnesota, a game against Iowa, because, frankly, those guys don't have five-star recruits. Iowa's actually pretty similar in recruiting to Illinois, is they just have really good coaching, and for some reason they're ranked in the top 25 every year. But even if we do get blown out against Ohio State, okay, so we did well on offense, so we did well on defense, translate that using the Minnesota or Iowa game, and that could lead to a win later.
0: Yeah, I think you're not – looking to win this game I think you're looking to learn I think you're looking to see how these veterans like you said Isaac pride like you these seniors need to come out with a little edge to them and I think they will I think they have something to prove and I think you know a good chunk of them are gonna not a good chunk but a few of them are gonna try and you know head to the pros make it there so I think this team is gonna come out with an edge they know they're A good team. They know they're better than last year. They're they know they're the best team in Lovey's tenure. But they got to come out with an edge against Ohio State. And I think if they just come out with that extra, you know, sense of grit, extra strength, that maybe, again, not that they're going to win, but if Ohio State comes back a little, comes out back on their heels a little bit, you know, like this meet easy game, you could see a really fast start for Illinois. Not, it's probably not going to last. But if you can just show that competitive competitiveness and show that you know what yeah it's Ohio State but you're not afraid of them you're not afraid to come out and again you're on your home field obviously the fan situation doesn't help but take pride in being on your home field to start the season against one of the best teams in the country with probably the whole nation potentially world watching you I just I mean there's going to be nerves because there was no spring football you know you only have a couple weeks here but I think and to talk about the offense a little they're getting a better offense than they had last year. I mean, you think about – I'm personally excited to see what the tight end group can do. I think that's been obviously something everyone's really excited about. You know, you get Luke Ford this year now who's been waiting, 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 so anxious to play. You know, didn't really get a big chance at Georgia. Didn't get the waiver for this season. And then you bring in Daniel Matarebe, right? Daniel? Josh Matarebe's brother who – you know, we'll see what he could do. I'm sure. You know, Josh Matter Bebe fit in just fine. I mean, what are we calling Daniel? Because Josh Matter Bebe is Bebe.
1: Yeah. If
0: that's kind of what people call. It. What are we calling? We can't see Daniel Matter Bebe every time.
1: I think it's got to be Bebe 2.0, right? Or yeah. baby Oh, I guess Daniel is the older brother, so maybe yes. Josh is now Bebe Junior, and Daniel's Bebe Senior. Okay. I don't know. All I know is that they're going to be really fun to watch in the red zone and a really nightmare to match up against because those two dudes are chiseled and huge and monstrous and they can block and you just throw a, a lob up in the air and both of them are just so long and big that they can go get it. So I agree. I think this offense could absolutely do some really good things. I think the thing I'm most excited about this offense is just year two of continuity with Daniel – or with uh, Brandon Peters. And then also having this offensive line that's just really loaded. Like, I think the thing I keep going back to is I feel like old teams always win. And when you have an old offensive line with three senior starters who started since they were freshmen, a redshirt junior that started for the last few years, and then you add a guy like Blake Gerasati, who's from Wofford, is an All-American – that's a, that's a really – that's a Big Ten offensive line that could be one of the top three or four offensive lines in, in the Big Ten. And when you, have a big, when you have an offensive line like that and you have the weapons that Illinois does and you have the running backs who I think might be better this year than they were last year, that's a recipe for success. And I do think that there's a lot on this offense because whether we like it or not, they weren't very good at times last year. And so I thought that the defense really carried Illinois last year. And now it's time for the offense to step their game up while the defense maybe, you know, figures out some holes a little bit at the beginning of the year.
0: Well, I think the thing with the O-line is I'll I'll make a quick, one quick Steelers comparison. The Steelers O-line has been really, really good for a long time. Obviously better in, not really, really good for a long time, but in recent years, they're, they're full of a lot of veterans. If you can just, you see with, teams all the time if your offense and your weapons are good but you have a like really good offensive line you could do a lot of damage in the running game in the passing game in the short game like O-line is so underrated I think that's known I don't think O-line I don't think either defense or O-line gets enough credit um it's like a trying to find a better comparison like Kind of like a catcher in baseball or softball. Like they just don't get enough credit, but they are like the front line, you know, they're what stops people, they're what gets people out, whatever. And I think this O line could really turn Illinois into like a bottom of the Big Ten team or middle bottom, to like a top middle, middle Big Ten team. And then you add in Brandon Peters. I mean, we saw Brandon Peters last year, he was okay. I think he was solid. I think there's more there. You know, a couple injury questions last season, um, especially near the end, obviously, that Iowa game. Bringing back a veteran quarterback. I mean, he came in as a veteran, but now you know these guys. You know your receivers. You know your O-line. You know your coaches. Expectations, in my opinion, and I think in a lot of people's opinions, are high for Brandon Peters. And the fact that he has this really, really strong, talented O-line. There should be no excuse for Brandon Peters because he has tons of weapons, tons of offensive weapons. He has literally whatever he wants, like long ball receivers, short ball receivers, tight ends, red zone offense, running backs. Like, And we saw a little last year, Brandon can run a little when he needs to. This offense is could be scary good. Not Ohio State, not Clemson, not Alabama level, but Illinois and Big Ten level, I think – Brandon Peters has to step up this year and I think he will and I think stakes or expectations are really high for him to do that
2: well I I think that last year he at least proved himself as capable right and we like you you just sounded at the very end there Gabby he can run too and that's really really important especially with this awesome O-line they're back a year bigger a year stronger and then the Wofford transfer like I really really like that old line if he has time to throw those big bodies like I'm not saying he's going to make like a Heisman campaign or anything like that, or even like top two or three in the Big Ten. But we could see a real productive year out of Peters, and I'm really excited for it because like this is it, right? Like this is probably the the last year for him playing. So hopefully that motivates him too. Like you said, he knows his players a little well. And then if he's struggling, the running backs too. Like yeah, we lose Reggie Corbin, who our speedster, but like. Having Chase Brown and, like, Epstein in the backfield there, and Chase Brown has a pretty similar game to Dre Brown, too, I think. I think we're set there, too. So, I agree with you guys. This offense should definitely show out, and hopefully we can see a little bit week one against Ohio State, too.
1: I think it's one of those situations where Peters is set up for a – he's set up for a career year. And the only thing that's really standing between him and this success is himself. And honestly, I think sometimes his biggest – His biggest weapon is just the fact that sometimes he doesn't care, right? Like, he'll throw an interception and he'll stay the same. But also that could be his biggest weakness sometimes because there's sometimes you're like, is he really locked in? Is he really really wanting to be here? Does he really want to win? And I think that's why that dive in the bowl game last year, just like laying out on fourth and 17, really showed – What he was there for, and what he was there for the right reasons, and I think that's a really big key for them this year. And if he's locked in and he's ready to go, and he's the no doubt unquestioned leader of this offense, that's going to go a really long way. Because, like you said, Reggie Corbin's not here, but I think Dre Brown's a big loss for this offense too. I thought he was at times was the better running back last year, and so that that's going to be a huge key for them this year to get Chase Brown right to get. Mike Epstein healthy, because if Mike Epstein's healthy, he's their best running back. He was their best running back last year. He was their best running back the year before that. Every time that Epstein's been healthy, he's been the absolute best player on the field. And if he can stay healthy, that's a major difference maker. But again, it kind of comes down to, like, this offense doesn't have time to get rolling, right? you got to go right out. Yeah, like right now. (laughs) Because Ohio State's good, and if you lose that game, you're talking about going on the road to Nebraska and Indiana where you need to win those games to get your season back on track.
0: Yeah, I have one quick question before we kind of translate to the rest of the schedule. Reggie Love, does he play this year? What do you guys think?
1: I don't think so. I think he could be in the mix for playing time now that – um, now that my guy Rayvon Bonner has opted out of the season so he could be in the mix for that third running back spot but I, I would venture more to say that he's probably going to be on that maybe play three or four games and then redshirt type of season just see what you get of him because let's not forget Jakari Norwood's a guy that they really like the staff has really liked and then you still have Kenyon Sims who's not really giving you a ton but I think I think I think with a guy like Reggie Love, he's so talented. You want you'd really rather have him for that year five, rather than for a few snaps in the fifth or sixth game of this of this season that we might not even get through. You know, we just don't know if we're going to be able to get through it. So why why waste a whole year of eligibility for him?
2: Yeah, I agree with Isaac. It kind of sucks we lost our mini three headed monster running back, but I don't think Reggie Love will get into that spot, especially since he didn't have the best senior year in high school. So we probably just want you know to get him like you said three or four games red shirt take a year and then we can have him long time and maybe
1: he'll do something special as a fifth year but yeah I don't expect much much out of him at all this year he just needs to get healthy he's just yeah. had horrible leg injuries the last couple of years which is scary because Epstein had those same injuries in high school and he's turned into an injury prone guy so if he can get healthy that's that would be really huge for him this year. Just get healthy, just get big, just get strong. Don't have the pressure of needing to go out and, you know, deliver 85 rushing yards against Iowa's defense. That That's kind of the big, the big thing for him this year.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's take a look at the rest of Illinois football schedule. So like we said, home against Ohio state to kick things off September 3rd, then Illinois heads to Nebraska heads to Indiana and is home against Purdue. So I would say for first four games because then you head into a bye week, your first bye week. And the Big Ten has kind of said, like, they've left a two-week wiggle room to where they can start September 10, Um and so on and so forth. Like, they can push things back a little, but let's say they're on track. So, these first four games, I would say two and two is a realistic expectation with wins being Purdue. You have to win Purdue. That's at home. And you have – I would say Illinois has a stronger team, um, no especially offensive-wise. Yeah. Um,
2: especially since Rondell Moore stopped it out. Yes.
0: Um, and then I would say you take the loss against Indiana, but I think Nebraska's a win. I mean, last year, what, Illinois blew – what was the lead? 40, 40 – They were by 14. 14. So it was 40-something, 20-something. Um, they blew that lead at home. Remember that game very clearly. That was a brutal game very late game. Um, Illinois is better than Nebraska. Um, I think Nebraska didn't get anybody crazy good. Didn't really improve their game more than Illinois has. Um,
1: Even they lost J.D. Spielman, too. Yeah. Their best wide receiver transferred away. So, yeah, that's a big loss.
0: So, I would say two and two, best three and one if you do pull out the Indiana U-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S I don't think you should lose more than two games in the first four. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I think um, – th- I'm nervous because I think that, like, I feel like a swing game for Illinois is that Nebraska game because you've had the same amount of talent as them. You've been on the same tier. But Illinois hasn't beaten Nebraska in a while. Like, it's since twenty. 24- 2014, 2015 was the last time that they beat Nebraska. So, like, they they need to get over the hump. And they have not done a good job of of stopping Adrian Martinez at times. That dual-threat quarterback is giving them so much trouble. Now they'll get a lot of practice with it in Ohio State, and that should prepare them decently well for Nebraska and the same type of offensive scheme. But that's a swing game for sure because I think Purdue is right. I'm high on Indiana this year. I love that roster. They're a little bit like Illinois. They're just having their best roster in, like, five or six years. And if they don't win that Nebraska game, you're looking at probably an 0-3 start. And I know that wins don't really matter this year. Like, the number, it's not like you're trying to get to six wins this year. But you really don't want to get off to an 0-3 start, especially in in a season that you're really excited about. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Like, Purdue, I think that there are zero excuses
2: we have to win that one. We're the better team, and they just lost their best players. So I don't think there's any excuses there i'm not i would be thrilled with two and two i'll say that like i think i'm not sure thrilled is exactly the right word but that nebraska game just this, when i looked at that the first time i didn't say to myself like oh win," because i saw us blow the lead last year they're well coached i mean we should win you're right we have the better roster and they lost their uh best wide receiver which obviously helps us with like with a little bit of uncertainty db but like I I would love two and two, one and three wouldn't surprise me, but I think that the best bet's probably two and two, because I'm with you, Isaac, I really like that Indiana Indiana roster, I don't think we're winning that game, so Nebraska would be great, I'll say that, two and two would be awesome.
0: Well, I think this Illinois defense better have a little more edge to them when they're facing Adrian Martinez, because that second half of that game, he just ran over them, passed over, like, Adrian Martinez just wrecked that defense, um, that second half of the Nebraska game, which should not have happened considering, you know, how strong Illinois' defense was. So I think you expect that defense and, I mean, obviously, Brandon Peters to come out with a little more edge to them for that game just because they know what happened last year. They know how disappointing that loss was. They were up the whole game, and then all of a sudden it was like the rug got swept out from under them. Adrian Martinez is – you know, going off, and there we go. Illinois loses a game that they should have won. So, I think you're going to see a little more competitiveness in that game just because of what happened last year. Um, Same thing with, like, an Iowa type of game. But, yeah, I think two and two would be a very realistic start. Um, Do you guys see any chance they do go three and one, or do you just think that Indiana team is a a little too above Illinois? Yeah, I
2: mean mean, – Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Josh. Go for it. Okay, I was I was going to say, like, the Indiana team, I really like their roster, and I know that you do too, Isaac, but, like, they're not exactly, like, proven in any way. Like, they lost to Tennessee in their bowl game, right? And they don't have any, like, absolute star-studded guys that, you know, like, stand out right away. So, yeah, it is possible. I think that the No fans will help us there because it's pretty much a neutral – or the Little fans, you know. It's almost a neutral site. Maybe some Illinois fans will make the trip. I don't know. If we put on a good showing against Nebraska, that's where I really think, okay, like, if, off, if our offense can carry us – that Indiana game could like go in our favor but they are really good you know I think they went eight and four last year before losing in their bowl game so they're well coached in their experience so I just I can't see three and one but it wouldn't be the biggest surprises in the world
1: no I'm with you I think the one thing that could be a difference maker is Indiana's quarterback Michael Penix Jr. is really talented but he's also really injury prone he's gotten hurt multiple times and if he goes out that's a big loss for them because their backup that, that saved them a lot last year was, was Peyton Ramsey. And Peyton Ramsey just transferred to Northwestern to try to win that quarterback job. So if Penix Jr. gets hurt, that could really open the door for Illinois to win that game because the quarterback depth with Indiana is not very good. Now, you never want to hope someone gets injured. You just never want to do that because Penix Jr. is so talented and, and just terrific, a, a terrific lefty quarterback that can run a little bit too. So. But if that happens, that's where Illinois could have a chance to, to really pull that upset.
2: Indiana is looking at us as a win. Like, if, if, if Indiana loses to us, that's a huge blow to their season. So I expect them to, like, come out hot. That's one of the other reasons I don't expect, you know, us to win that game is because they're looking at their schedule. Everyone's fighting for wins this year. They see Illinois at home, they're just like, yeah, that's a win. Like, that's a surefire one. So, like I said,
1: I'd, it would be great if we could, you know, come out and win that one, but I don't expect it. Plus, they're going to be a little bit irritated because Wisconsin is their first game, Penn State's their second game. They'll have, they'll probably be zero two. Then they have Illinois, and then right after that, they have Ohio State looming. So, like, they really can't, they really can't afford to lose that Illinois game.
0: Okay, so we're going to get into the rest of Illinois' schedule, pretty much the back half. So, first two games, the only preseason team that's ranked that Illinois is playing is Ohio State. We covered that. Then they get the bye week after Purdue, hopefully coming off a win. Then we go to, as of now, number 23, Iowa. We know, You know the background between Illinois and Iowa two years ago getting blown out at Memorial Stadium, 63-0, to senior day, really great times. Last year, game was a little closer, but then you get that injury to Brandon Peters. Um, game kind of slipped away a little. Then we're home at Northwestern. So you think between those two games – I mean, I'm expecting a loss to Iowa, even though it's home. Um, but you could have, I mean, the seniors now were what, sophomores during that 63 to zero loss? That's still there. I'm sure that's still in the back of their mind. That type of loss does not just go away easily. I mean, I think I was a potential win, potential win. I'm looking at it as a loss, just looking at like my record standings and everything, what I think is going to go down this season, but I mean, what are, Isaac, what do you think are the chances Illinois pulls off the upset?
1: This is the year to beat Iowa. Like, this is the year to get them. I think that Iowa hasn't done many favors for you. One kick in your butt, 63 to nothing, was really scary. Like, that, Illinois was so mad about that. Like, I knew going into that game last year how much that team wanted to win that game. And they played great. They just came up a little bit short. And on the road, I, I thought they was honestly one of Illinois' best well-played games that year. The, the turnovers were down. You didn't really have a lot of penalties. They played great defensively. They just couldn't make one big play late. And so – I think if you're going to get Iowa, now's the time because Spencer Petrus is the new quarterback. It's going to be one of his early starts of the season. He's still trying to get his feet wet. They've had a lot of turmoil in that program. And also, if you're an Illinois program and you lead the country in diversity and the mo- amount of black coaches you have on your staff and you're like looking at Iowa and the, you know, the allegations that are coming out of there, you're not probably pretty happy with some of those allegations. So all of this is coming together to say that Illinois hates Iowa this year and Illinois wants to beat them maybe more than any other team on their schedule, I think. And so you have them at home. It's a real opportunity and especially an Iowa team that lost multiple guys the first round last year. Tristan Worf is gone. So that offensive line is going to be having to figure some stuff out. AJ Epinesa is gone. So that defensive line is going to have to take some, some lumps early. I, I don't know. I mean, I think Illinois shouldn't be favored, but, I think Illinois got a chance to win this game. They played them They played them really well last year, and they played them really well not uh, two years ago, but three years ago. So two out of the last three years, they played them really tight. And now all your seniors are there, and you hate them. It's time. It's time to beat Iowa. And I think this could be a, a, a chance for them to do that.
2: I totally agree. Nebraska. Um, Iowa's home against Nebraska then they got a bye week so I don't know if obviously the bye week like we have one too it doesn't help us but they're probably gonna be coming off of a win against Nebraska maybe they'll be like hey you know we're good and Illinois could come out and like catch them by surprise but Nate Stanley's finally gone I I think it feels like he was in the Big Ten for way longer than he was and that dude torched us a couple times so you know that that's great too but then like you said Isaac Illinois is going to come out like looking at Iowa like hey this is a team we really can beat, and based on what happened last year, like you said, the players, like, obviously, I agree with you. That was one of, our, probably, like, one of our best games played for sure, but, like, we lost, and they want to win, and if they're going to look at what happened last year with a team better in almost every single area, I can totally see us coming out here. I'm not saying that Indiana is a better team, but I think that Illinois might have a better chance of pulling one out against Iowa at home than they do Indiana on the road,
1: so I'm going to be really excited for this game. We yeah. are in lockstep, I totally agree.
0: I think I think it also comes down to Brandon Peters being a little more fired up for this game too. um I think that game, like you said kind of slipped away from them at the end, but he was in it that whole time like he and then obviously when did the injury happen
1: what on the last drive of the game the second to last drive yeah that's what Robinson I thought. had like three or four plays in there
0: okay, that's what I thought so yeah, I mean Brandon Peters isn't be a little fired up, I think I I think he's going to want to torch that defense a little. Um, and I think, Isaac, you brought this up earlier. That was kind of the game they Brandon Peters really showed that he cared about this team and that he wanted to win. Um, so I think – I kind of agree with you, Josh. I think this might be more of a chance to win the Iowa game than the Indiana just because it's at home. You don't want to have a repeat of two years ago at home. I think they've lost the Iowa far too long. I think they should take a page out of – um Illinois basketball's book when it comes to Iowa and you know kind of shocking them at the end there I think there's a chance and then you go to Northwestern personally don't think that should be a problem at all Illinois does sometimes I know Illinois (laughs) does not play their best games against Northwestern they actually play pretty bad games against Northwestern um I want to say last year was a fluke. It was the end of the season. They knew they were going to the bowl. I think they kind of fell back on their heels a little bit and didn't care as much as they should have. I think that game was really sloppy last year.
1: A lot of injuries.
0: Yeah, a lot of injuries. Not it was
2: raining too. We couldn't really pass it was, the ball. It was,
0: this was a bad day. I think and was, no
2: Peters. And, yeah, Peters wasn't even playing.
0: I think this should be a no-brainer win. Do you guys think there's any chance they don't pull this out?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't love this matchup with Northwestern. Northwestern feels like sneaky decent this year. Mm-hmm. Like like I think Peyton Ramsey's kind of a big get for them because their their offense was horrible last year because their quarterback play was like the worst in Power 5 history and Peyton Ramsey's like the most accurate quarterback in Big 10 history. So like that feels like a a match made in heaven, which is kind of scary. So I think Northwestern could be kind of good. I do think though that you need to you need to compete and you need to win that game, especially if you lose to Iowa, say Illinois is two and three, you need to win that game because you still have a road trip to Wisconsin next, but you're probably not going to win. And it, it just feels like, it feels like I've kind of like cut off the end of the schedule and the beginning of the schedule. Like Penn state, I knock off and Ohio state, I knock off. Like I don't even care about those. Yeah. It feels more like these middle eight games are the ones that are really going to tell us a lot about this team. And if they win, even four of those eight games, that would be huge. And if you're kind of counting, you go, okay, Rutgers, Purdue, then you got to find two more. And I think Northwestern would be in that mix for that third or fourth win. And and you really need to get those and you need to prove that, you know, you're not in the basement anymore. You're, you know, you're a middle of the pack, big 10 team. Like that's what, that's what I'm trying to get to and showcase and prove that they are. And so beating Northwestern would, would go a long way in proving that. Cause Whether we like it or not, Northwestern's been pretty good and pretty consistent for the last five or six years under Fitzgerald. I think Northwestern is going to be really
2: hungry for a win because they didn't have a good season last year. I know that the bottom parts of the Big Ten don't have a good schedule this year, so I think Northwestern is going to be really hungry for a win. I think that they might be looking at this game against us the same way that we're looking at our game against Iowa. Like I'm not saying I'm in a favor Northwestern over us, but they're a good team, and I know last year they torched us on the ground and. If Peyton Ramsey isn't the quarterback, then that could hurt us again. But like like you said, Isaac, Ramsey's extremely – he's efficient, right? And sometimes those quarterbacks kill Illinois. So, yeah, I expect us to win. I, like, But they're coming off a bounce back year, and I think they're going to be really hungry. They have us at home. So I hope we pull it out. I would definitely favor us. But Northwestern could come out really, really strong out of the gates and surprise us.
0: So I think looking at the rest of the schedule – I don't think we have to talk too much about Wisconsin and Rutgers. I think Rutgers should be a win, and I don't think you're going to do what you did to Wisconsin again. Don't think they're going to let you embarrass them. like you Not embarrass them because it was a really close game, Wisconsin this past year, but they're they're not going to let that happen again. I think that was Illinois got a little lucky. They made some big plays down the stretch, and then you have the James McCourt kick. But Minnesota is the game I'm really interested in. Um, they're ranked number eighteen in the preseason coaches poll, um, but they lost Rashad bateman, right am I saying his name right? That's correct. They lost him um, their big receiver uh, big loss for them. I think this is another like potential I will like game. I think Minnesota's really good. I think they're really, really well coached um. But I don't know. I mean, this is at home, right? This is a home game. You're late in the season. If you're desperate you, – I think it comes down to, like, how many wins Illinois has. If they don't pull out that Iowa or that Northwestern and they're desperate for a win, I could see Illinois pulling this out. But I still think Minnesota is a notch or two above them in the Big Ten. I mean, what do you guys think?
2: I think that Tanner Morgan is really, really, really good. And he just – he throws so accurately. Like, there's a reason they were as good as they were last year. Obviously, you know, some teams get lucky with the schedule. And they're – like, obviously, the receiving core was good. They lost the top part of that. But Minnesota's really good. And if I'm circling two games on the schedule this year that I'm most excited about and I think that Illinois could, like, defy their season with, it's Iowa. And then it's a few weeks later against Minnesota. So, I'm yeah, I'm really excited. I think it's going to be super similar to Iowa. I think that Minnesota – Maybe better just because of their quarterback play. Like I said, I'm super high on Tanner Morgan. But, yeah, no, I think you hit on it, Gabby. I think I could definitely see us winning this one, especially if we're desperate for a win. But even if we're not, I could see us winning it. So I'll probably favor Minnesota on that one. But I do like Illinois' odds at least a little bit.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think that, you know, everyone's talking about like Bateman's gone. And then, of course, Tyler Johnson got drafted in the fifth round. He's going to go play with Tampa Bay. And those are two of like all world receivers that they're missing. But I think that their losses defensively are huge for Minnesota. They lost their like the best safety in the Big Ten last year in Anton Winfield Jr. He had like five interceptions including three game winning interceptions for Minnesota last year. He's gone. He also got drafted by Tampa in the second round and then they also lost Carter Coughlin who was one of the best defensive ends. So I think you're looking at a Minnesota defense that's been well coached last year. Remember Illinois just demolished them about a year and a half ago and that kind of that, instead of Illinois, you know, trending upwards after that moment, they kind of went downhill, and Minnesota immediately went way uphill <laughs> after that because they fired their defensive coordinator. So that defense, though, while it's well-coached, they're going to have to replace a ton of talent. And then when you lose those two receivers like that, that could make Tanner Morgan's life a little bit harder. Um, so I think this is a game that Illinois should compete with. I think they're going to be a little irritated, too, after last year because they kind of got embarrassed up in Minnesota. Second string quarterback came in. Minnesota ran away with it, especially after you kind of, you know, kicked him pretty good the year before and, and blew him out. So I think I think that's a game that Illinois will really need to have. Especially, I mean, because if you think about it, Illinois legitimately could be one and six at this point. I mean, heading into that Minnesota game. It's not – It's not scary to think that, or not out of the world to think that. I hope they're not. I don't think they will be, but they could. Mm -hmm. And so that's a game that Illinois is going to need to have, especially to get some momentum with Rutgers next and then probably a Penn State game that you're probably not going to compete with.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the Penn State game, I don't even know. I personally don't even think we need to talk about, because I think that's – Ohio State and Penn State are – and potentially Wisconsin are just, like, in a different – league in the Big Ten than you know I think the rest of them so I think I think you said you said something similar earlier like all the beginning and the end the Ohio State Penn State I think those are just learning games I think those are learning experiences you know how high can you compete how high of a level can you compete with And I think those are games that could also be good for recruits to look at. You know what? Yeah, they didn't beat number seven in the country, Penn State, but they competed. The defense hung with them. The offense hung with them. You know what? This could be an Illinois team that is still on the rise. So I think those two games, while they're not probable wins, are really good for just, like, learning and recruiting. Um,
1: Well, what if they win one? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, if they win win win? one – that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why having those two games on the schedule in a season where wins don't really matter in the long term, obviously you don't want to go 0-10. Yeah. But, like, having those opportunities to get a program-changing win. Mm-hmm. Like, if you lose that game, no one cares. It's like, okay, fine, you lost to Penn State or Ohio State.
0: You we were going to lose, yeah.
1: But if you win one. That's going to be on your – like. that's going to be like the thing you show to people for the last, next few years. And you got two chances. Two ch- I mean, think about what Purdue did. Remember that Purdue win over Ohio State a couple years ago where Rondell Moore just went absolutely crazy? Think about how much that elevated their program, having one win. No one remembers that they got hammered by a bad Michigan State team later that year. But that is still a huge win for them, and they still talk about that win. And you could have a chance to do that this year, not just once, but twice.
0: And I think even bigger that it's the beginning and the end. So I think if we get through football, which we'll talk about in a minute, you can really also see just the growth of the team from that point, like playing those two top teams, top and bottom, you can see how you played against Ohio state versus how you played against Penn state and what improved in the middle, what worked, you know, what led you to that point. Obviously if things get worse. That's a big problem. You don't want to see that but also just a learning experience and a chance to reflect on the growth of the season.
2: If we talked about the Ohio state game though, like potentially winning that, which again, we don't think we're going to like Penn state is very reasonable then too. And also like, one person's not going to make a difference, but Michael Parsons out and he's going to be top 10, maybe even top five pick in the NFL draft. But Hey, what if this is like a track game for Penn state? I mean, what if they, like, had just beaten Ohio State, they're 9-0, we're going to go champagne and kill these guys, and Illinois surprises them. Like, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but, like, I'm just saying, I like our odds against Penn State, especially at the end of the year, better than Ohio State. But, yeah, no, I'm, it would be great if we could see just vast improvement from Ohio State up to Penn State and just at least be like, yeah, look where this team has done, look how the offense and defense have progressed, and that'd be cool. That's what I'm expecting.
1: And it's not like you didn't play with Penn State a couple years ago. You were you were in that game in the fourth quarter, and then okay, yeah, Penn State scored 42 points in a row unabridged on, on, on in that fourth quarter. But still, you were winning 24-21. So, I think I I don't I don't look at that Penn State game and immediately say yeah, you're absolutely going to lose. But you need to, you need to play really well to win that game, and that's just it's just again I keep going back to it. It's an opportunity year. And it's a, it's a time where you flex your muscles as a program. You went through all the struggles in 2017. You took all the lumps in 2018 playing these freshmen and sophomores for this year. So you got to make it count. And I think that's, that's where it's – I kind of like the 10-game Big Ten schedule because you can finally get a real measuring stick on where this program is. And I hope that people look at this team and go – say they go four and six. I hope people understand that Illinois has only won four Big Ten games five times in the last – 30 years, right? Like a four-win Big Ten program or Big Ten season is like winning seven games in a regular season, right? And that's a good year. Illinois would take a seven and five year anytime. So if they win five, that's like an eight win season, not a five and five, they're a five hundred team. You know what I mean? That that's how I hope people view this season.
0: Yeah, I think you can't look at this season just based on wins and losses obviously if you went oh and 10 one and nine okay yeah something's going on you know this was not the year it was supposed to be but I think between that like three is pushing it but three and five three four five range I mean if you get to like six wins which I don't see happening at all six wins yeah regular season oh that's not a big deal you know lower on bowl game but If you get to six wins in the Big Ten this year, even five, I think five and five is a very good record this year. And I think you can't really base this – you can't take the record this year and have that measure the success of this season. I think it's really frustrating because these seniors have been building up to this point where they knew this was going to be the season, and now things are weird. Now things might not even get played. I also don't think the record this season is a reflection of Lovey or his coaching ability. I think that has to be the biggest thing because the second they lose a game, you know, everybody's going to be like, fire Lovey, get him out. He's not good. We had one okay year last year. He's done. You can't look at that this way because things are, things are just me so weird this season, but you, and if you win six games, you also can't go to Lovey's the best coach in the country. I think you have to keep this, season in a very tight perspective but also be very open-minded about what every player coach is going through this season I mean I think yeah we talk about all these games us talking about each game might not even matter in a couple weeks if football doesn't start and I think that's I want to talk about that a little I think I asked you guys all this separately but How far do you think we get into the season? I personally think we get a few weeks in and that's it. Um, I think as much as we all want to see college football, I don't know if playing is the best decision. I think you're going to end up as horrible as it sounds. If you play this full season, someone's going to end up dead um, from this virus. I think in my opinion, unless you contain these teams, like you're containing an NBA bubble team, like you're containing an NHL bubble team, Containing college kids is really hard to begin with. Um, and I think that's just the biggest struggle is these are college kids. Yeah, they're on like the national stage and, you know, you might not think they're just college kids, but they're just like, you know, us. I was like, you're a little old now, you graduated, but still. Like, it's hard to just tell these kids to not go about their daily lives. So I'm going a few weeks and I'm going three or four weeks at best. Um, Isaac, we'll start with you. Where do you think this season heads towards? Where do you think it ends?
1: I think it starts. I don't think it finishes. And I think – and that's really sad. And maybe that's just a pessimistic view. I just – I don't know. I just look at Major League Baseball and the amount of issues that they've had. And that – the travel seems like a big one for me just because if, if one person's a symptomatic but, you know, they don't know about it yet and they hop on a plane and you're all kind of right there to, you know, fly to Penn State or to fly to wherever you're going to play. Like, that that's where it could be bad. And so I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about this season for sure. And, I, like, I think the NHL and the NBA have proven that bubbles work and that's the type of – that's the best-case scenario where if you want to play a season, you need to be in a bubble. And you just can't do that in a college football season. So. I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not optimistic that this finishes unless we get a vaccine, unless some things really start to turn around. And I think another big factor too is, you know, how do these universities handle students coming back onto campus? Because we've just have we have very different data points all over the country. We have some teams that are, some schools that everybody's coming back, no big deal. We'll have a couple online classes. You're not, everybody's taking this virus seriously, sadly. It just, it's not as a country. And so I think that those those different those different benchmarks could really affect some teams where maybe one team gets affected a little bit more and then they kind of screw it up for everybody else.
2: Yeah, I would be I'd be shocked if we didn't start. I think we definitely get there and I don't think that it's gonna happen enough in like a couple weeks for the season to get shut down. But I think that the second schools start going home, like sending their kids home, bam, football's over. And my prediction for that is after the Purdue game. I think that we see four games and then whether it's right before right after when the bye week game should have been, you know, probably early October, that's going to be it. So it would be great if we could see Iowa, Minnesota, Penn State, Rutgers, all these games. But like you said, Isaac, if people aren't going to treat the virus seriously, like this isn't going to get anywhere. Like my best friend goes to the university of Texas at Austin and everyone knows how big football is there. And everyone like knows Texas's reputation and stuff. And she just got back yesterday and she already told me, she's like, yeah, no one's wearing masks. Like, no one, no one gives a crack down here. And I know it's a little different in the north, but, like, if that's going to be the mindset, we might not even get through two or three games. So, yeah, I think we'll start. If people take this seriously, we could get a – maybe we could finish the game or the season. I don't know. But the way people seem to be treating the virus right now, I think three or four games is our max.
0: Well, I think you look at – and obviously I don't want to single places. Out, I don't want to single people out. But you look at Rutgers what, 15 of their players tested positive the other week for attending a party. Like, you can't – and like I said, I'm all for, like, your – you can't contain college students and that they're college students first. But if you're a football player and you want to play, why are you doing that? You know the risks. You know the consequences. Like, I think that's a little irresponsible, and that's where I think a lot of people struggle with this whole, like, demand thing. like the Big Ten players want all these demands the Pac-12 players have all these demands and I think that's hard for mainly I think our parents generation and more adults to understand is that okay these players want all these demands but look at the, this Rutgers team they just went out all partying and all got not all but 15 of them got COVID how do you justify that? And how do you, as you know, that Rutgers football player still try and make those demands when you yourself weren't practicing social distancing? Probably were not wearing a mask at that party. Probably were are too close to people. And like I said, I, I think it's hard to tell a college kid not to go out and have fun, um, even though they are a football player. But I think if you are one of these athletes, and obviously regular people, you need to be wearing masks, social distancing, whatever, you need to be doing your part too. But As an athlete who wants their season played, claims they want their season played so bad, you have to take that extra step of responsibility.
1: Agreed. And that's where, like, that's where, like, Jake Hansen's message yesterday I thought was really interesting because he was talking about, like, hey, these seniors are telling these freshmen, hey, we only have a little finite amount of time left. You need to take care of the business that we are fine, so we can play. Because I could easily see maybe it's an injured person, or maybe it's a guy that's not a starter or not playing a lot. Like they're like, well, what the heck? Like I'm just going to go have fun because I'm clearly not going to get a play or anything. It's it's those people. I don't think it's the starters, right? I don't think it's those people. I think the starters, the people that are getting that that carrot at the end of the day of of playing time, are going to take this seriously. It's the it's the other. 52 guys on this team that aren't starting that that maybe concern me a little bit more because it it could be easier for them to uh you know just to just to be a little bit lax honestly so that that's the scary part of this of this thing is it's really hard to control 85 guys on one team and then 85 times 14 so 14 big 10 programs and all of these guys and all these coaches and all this staff it's not going to be easy so it's just going to be a wild, wild wild west this year
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I hope we get through at least a few weeks. Um and I hope for the sake of Illinois that they get to play a little because I think you want to see what this team is made of and I feel so bad for these seniors who this is like this is what their college career has led up to. This is the season and they've known it. Lubby has known it. I think anybody who pays close attention to Illinois football back when Lovey started and he was playing all these freshmen and everyone's like, why aren't you, you know, you have seniors on the team, aren't you playing them? Well, those were his guys. And he wanted his guys to be ready for this moment. And I think it's hard. Obviously I think everybody coaches, players, Josh Whitman, everybody knows that the health comes first as much as anybody wants to see the, see the season played. I mean, I'm sure Josh Whitman wants this season more than anybody else because like we heard yesterday. million toll this virus has taken on Illinois Athletics so far. If it's anybody who wants to play this season, it's Josh Whitman, because he's losing millions and millions of dollars. And I think you can't look at it, obviously, from a money perspective, because nobody, you shouldn't care about the money when people are dying. But you have to – and I hope Big Ten, I hope every Power Five conference puts the health first. And I think they are. I think they will. I think – these, everybody wants to play as much as fans want to see a football season. So I think the best decision is going to get made. I don't think they risk it. And week six, you know, the whole country shutting down and no oh, college football still going. Like, no, that's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, I think this, this season is hard and the season is hard to gauge. Um, do you guys have any final I know we're not going to get to basketball today. We're just not because big 10 college football is too much right now. We'll do that next week. But do you guys have any final thoughts on the football season in general, Illinois? I mean, anything you guys got?
2: It would would just be great to, great to see him play. I mean, this is the year for Illinois. Like of course that the one year that we realistically could have seen seven wins on a 12 game schedule, COVID's happening. Like, of course it is. So, like everything you guys have said, I pretty much agree with. Like the starters are going to be handling this better than anyone. It would be great to see him like get that ten game schedule and win. You know, five, four, or like five, maybe even six games. That'd be awesome. It's just so up in the air. It's like everything else with COVID. It's just a big what if. So it would be great to see him play. I can't wait to cover him this year. But you know, if it's not safe, got to make some sacrifices.
1: Yeah, it's so Illinois to have your best football season in football roster and then have this hit. And so Illinois to have your best basketball roster in like, you know, 15, 16 years and have another thing happen where you might not you might not play. So I, the big thing I keep going back to is if if we can get through this football season unscathed and, and kind of get things right the vaccine could be around the corner and then we could be looking at we're at the end of this thing. Like that that's kind of like the thing that I keep looking at and looking ahead to and trying to stay optimistic about because it, it, we're really, really close to having that happen as long as we can just, you know, weather the storm now and kind of keep going and doing our thing and keep keep doing what we've been doing, there's a chance that, you know, this could all be over and we don't have to worry about this much longer because if that happens and we can get basketball back for a Big Ten basketball season that we're all super excited about, we can get the NFL going again and, and not have to worry about that. Major League Baseball next year can be on a bridge and then we can kind of maybe get back to life as normal. So I just I just really hope that – I really hope we don't have a big – you know, another huge wave here. That now that we started football again, and I just hope that everyone can stay healthy and and do their thing. And honestly, if any Illinois player decides to opt out in the middle of the season, I hope that the reaction to that is one of okay, that's fine. You know what I mean? Not one after a kid because we should we should just shouldn't be doing that because it, I mean they're not getting paid to do this. They're really not as much as maybe I'd want them to be. They're just not. And so we need to we need to understand that they're not commodities to give us entertainment on Saturdays right like and and so if they want to opt out for their safety it might suck for us if you know Brandon Peters opts out but that that we need to respect that
0: yeah I mean we're us as normal human beings not professional athletes not even college athletes I think we have obviously I don't want to speak for everybody because you know everyone's in different economic situation such and such but like we have a chance every day to like isolate ourselves to not really you know we're not going out and playing a contact sport um and I know these guys have chosen to do this but I 100% agree I think you've seen too many people getting mad at NFL players for opting out that's just ridiculous I mean these guys have families young kids potentially you know at risk people at home anybody who decides to opt out for COVID reasons should be 100% respected and if you're one of those people who does not respect that you need to check yourself and figure your own self out before you you know try and come at a college kid especially or an NFL player or an MLB player anybody who wants to protect themselves and their family against COVID that's just the reality of it but I think that will just about wrap us up for today Um, thank you Isaac so much for coming on and providing us with your football, big 10 wisdom. Um, you know, we obviously always appreciate you. Um, but yeah, this has been the daily line of sports podcast. We will be back next week. Thanks for listening.